<laughs> Welcome back. It's been so long since we've been a long sat 30 seconds. here. I stood up for 30 seconds. You <laughs> went to the door briefly, changed your mind, and now we're back here. We're back. We're back for part two of Ned Kelly and the Kelly Gang. Uh, I'm really loving it. I've learned so much. I know. I'm loving it so much. Even though it did feel like a high school history project. It's, look, I actually gave did me an Ned Kelly for year 12 as my like really? history extension thesis. So very much like... You could have just dug that up. Nah, look, I don't <laughs> even know what I wrote anymore. Cut it in half. I know. And <laughs> just written, read it out. <laughs> read my second half of it. That would have been some easy research. Would have been such easy research. It would have been so good for us, but that's fine. That's fine. You know what's fine? fine? Re-researching everything again. Um, um, I'm going to jump straight into it because like, fuck, we it. have seen each other. We literally just stopped recording <laughs> part one and now we're just straight into part two. We have nothing to add in terms of zest. Um, to recap briefly, Ned, Kelly and the gang are on the run. Oh, I'm loving this recap. They've, uh, they've, they've robbed Euroa. Robbed Euroa Bank, yes. And they've killed Lonigan. Three cops. Yeah, they killed three cops in Stringerback Creek. So things are not good. It's not looking good for our friends, um, Ned Kelly. What are the others? Steve Hart, Dan Dan Kelly. Kelly and Joe Byrne. Joe Byrne. Joe Byrne played by, uh, what's his face? Sexy Katy Perry's partner. Orlando Bloom. Mm. Hot as fuck. I mean, Heath Ledger's also hot as fuck. What are we talking about? They're all hot. They're all hot. So uh, my credits are Wikipedia. (laughs) Um, the actual Geraldry letter, which we'll get to, which is at the State Library of Victoria, and I've mm-hmm. seen it. I've seen the Geraldry letter. Did you kiss it? I wanted to. <laughs> um, an article on The Guardian by Robert McCrum, an article from the Sunbury News by Charles White from 1905, and an article from The Mirror from 1953 by Thomas Aubrey. There also two books that Wikipedia referenced that I referenced a lot. Ned Kelly, The Life and Adventures of Australia's Notorious Bushranger by George Farwell and Ned Kelly and the Myth of a Republic of Northeastern Victoria by Stuart Dawson. Very. Wow. That seems like a real boring read to me, but you know, <laughs> good on you, Dawson. Go, Dorso. Killing Go it. Do it. <laughs> so we're in 1879. Yeah. Um, and by now, Ned and his gang have a bit of a following. So like me, if I was alive in 1879, yeah, fangirls fan and fanboys. Yeah. There's a lot of people in Victoria who love the shit out of the Ned Kelly gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the next step the police went to was to arrest all their sympathisers, as you do. Great. And they were really hot, which we learned on Wikipedia yeah. through their photo. The, the sympathisers in particular were sexy as yes. shit. We'll put the photos in the group. Oh, please. But I think Josie is actually Googling it right now just to look at them again. Are you doing that? Are you yeah. actually doing that? What was that. the hot one's name? Um, they all were hot though. The middle one was the hottest. The middle though. one. Oof. We'll show you. Yeah, we'll show you guys. I'm so they arrested you. 23 people. It might have been one of these guys, Tom Lloyd and Wild Wright. So Wild Wright is Isaiah Wright from my story. There you go. Because there was a whole zesty aside about how him and Ned had a boxing match. Oh. And then he started, he was like, okay, I love you. I love you. <laughs> You're love a great ya. kid. You're a great kid. And we love you. He became an ardent follower. Um. John Stewart is Oof. the ho- is the John hottie. John Stewart is a hottie. Google him. Oof. Not John Stewart, the like comedian guy now. He's also he's, quite. He's fine. Silver foxy. But the old timey John Stewart yeah. is really hot. Mm-hmm. So there's 23 of them that got arrested, and they held them with no charge for three months in Beechworth Jail. That is not fair. Are you fucking Just high? He like Ned Kelly. <laughs> Yes. Like, are they going to throw us in jail for three I'm months? I'm sorry. That's I'm pregnant. Really inappropriate. <laughs> uh, they released them on the 22nd of April because the public were obviously getting a bit sussed by it. They were like, yeah. um, you guys, even people that, that didn't love Ned Kelly were a bit like, 
what the yeah, fuck are you doing? That's not legal. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're like, you have uh, to, if you have no charge, you have to release someone in 24 hours. Yeah, I know. Now it's like back then it's like, <laughs> you can just hold them for the rest I of their life. I'll hold you for three months. Anyway, um, no one was given money or transported back to their hometowns. And so some, they all had to find their own way back. And oh some God. were like 50 miles away from Which their town. It's a miles. long way. Um, so that's like the political hotbed the Kelly gang were operating in at this time. Yeah. They've got fans. There's yes. sort of dissent about the police around. Yeah. So I guess the fans were like li- liking what they were doing because yes. they were like sticking it to the man. Being yes, like, exactly. Fuck you. We're just we're just living here. Yes. On this land, and you're just trying to fuck with us. You're yeah. up in our grill. Yeah. You'll pay now. And I think there would have been more than just the Kelly gang who were dealing with like corruption from the police and mm-hmm. like unfair treatment. Mm. Like I think there were more people because you know we've got a lot of ex-convicts here yeah who are trying, trying to, to go straight now, still stealing horses but a little, those are fine. little bit of zesty thievery what's, on the what's side what's a bit of zesty thievery they don't have any other skills all they know how to do is steal shit just let them what steal do you want some them horses to do? go and chill out be it fucking specialists <laughs> they haven't been trained all they know they've been trained to use to the internet that doesn't exist for another hundred years you know they just haven't been trained for it <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so they're traipsing all over the place and they're after a guy called Sullivan who Ned had been told gave evidence against the gang. Right. So they go to Rutherglen, but then they were told, no, he's in Urala. And then they go there and they're like, no, he's gone to Wagga. Oh and then they God. go to Wagga and they lose track of him. Because there were no phones. That's a long, that's like a lot of traipsing That's a lot around. of time. That took two years. Yeah. That sentence. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably just like horse horse riding horse, all over for two years. Just like, oh. And so on their way back down through Vic, they're just like, let's rob a bank in Geraldery. Of course. Why they not? needed money. We had fun in Euroa. Why don't we yeah, do it again? Yeah, because it went so well for them in Euroa. It did actually did. though. So they yeah. probably were like, fuck this yeah. This is piss easy. Let's do it again. <laughs> so then Wikipedia had this like whole bit on these, like it was no joke, like a whole paragraph on the specifics of them getting across the river, which I think, because Geraldery, I know this because I went there on my trip, which mm-hmm. I've, I've been there before, but it was just a place to stop. It's on near the border. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a river and the river acted like the border. So right. it was like they were border crossing. And because it wasn't state to state, it was like colony to colony right. at this time. Okay. So I think that there were all cops around. But I still don't think I needed a whole paragraph yeah, detailing how they Wikipedia. managed to get over. Because it was literally like they worked it out how to get across with only on two horse rides. And I'm like, who gives a shit, It's not guys. a fucking maths puzzle, like like a riddle. We no don't cares. care. Just we got just, over. Let's go back to how sexy they are with their beards. <laughs> let's do some thighs. more spurs in the thighs, guys. <laughs> and cupping of the balls. Which, if you haven't listened to part one, you're not going to understand. So go back, listen go to back. Josie's brilliant retelling of the first half of my homoerotic version of the kelly <laughs> gang very sexual don't know why we're having a moment but anyway uh in absolutely genius areas ned and his gang surround the police station at geraldery and ned rides around the front on his horse and he's all there's a drunk brawl at davidson's hotel oh genius and a couple of constables come outside and they're like what's this commotion and he tells them that they need to go check it out and the rest of the gang were checking the rest of the police <gasps> office and they worked out there was only a few constables there right so they round them up yeah and then they lock them in the cell the oh they love to do this yeah. yeah in the drunk tank uh and then they actually just left them in the cells and hung out in the dining room <laughs> the police <laughs> In the police station. And Constable George Devine's wife, Mary, and their kids were there. And they oh lived God. on site. And the Kelly gang just, like, got them to get all their firearms and ammo. And then when they were just like, go back to sleep. You're yeah. all good. 
<laughs> Which they like, were so kind to I'm women. I'm sorry, I don't think Mary's sleeping. All the no, kids, I think they're sitting I there like wide like, awake with their oh fuck blankets <laughs> up to their neck. Um, so they leave the police in the cells and they put on their outfits and just hung around town for two days. Like <laughs> literally, <laughs> like Ned even booked rooms at the Royal Hotel and was like, "Yeah, we're gonna rob the bank." <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> They're getting so cocky. Yeah, they like, are. They're just like young too dudes, cocky. too cocky. One might we all say. know how this ends, guys. We all know, unless you're American, in which case maybe you don't. You have no fucking or, idea what we're talking about. Or you're about. like from Brazil, and you're like, what? It's basically like the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Yeah, great movie, but not at all. Yeah, <laughs> but in many ways, not even remotely like that. But, but it's the vibe. It's the vibe of the, the thing. hot guys with mustaches and beards, exactly. doing bad things, but you kind of like them, looking hot because they're. Brad Looking Pitt. Oh, Brad Pitt. Mm. Don't get me started mm. on Brad Pitt. Mm. I've just gotten over Army Hammer in those no, shorts. I'm sorry, we've started again. So they round up the bank folks at the Drilldery Bank, steal money, let them go by 3 p.m. And they stole 2,141 pounds, which I also didn't translate, it's but a it's a shitload of money. of money, guys. Mm-hmm. Just know that. And then because Ned Kelly is a fucking angel from heaven, <laughs> he burned three or four bank books that contained mortgage documents in an effort to erase the debts oh. and make more losses for the banks because he also hated banks. Right. Um, but he, he just hates the man. He hates he? the man. He's, he's, for the, he's for the little people. Yeah. You know, he's like, fuck yeah to the like grassroots yes. battlers. Son of a convict. Fucking convicts made good. Yeah. Fuck your mortgage documents. <laughs> Have your house. But he didn't realise that a lot of them had copies in Sydney <laughs> at the title's office. So he did nothing. But, like, good try. The symbolism is there. Yeah. The thought was the there. The thought was there. Like a <laughs> shitty Christmas present. The thought was there. It's the thought that counts, guys. <laughs> um, so he actually held hostages at the hotel, which I don't really know why he did that because everything's done. He could just leave. But I don't yeah. know. Just, sometimes they liked having hostages. Yeah, they did that in my story too. they just wanted friends hung out to for hang a bit. out with. Yeah. He makes this big impassioned speech about Stringy Bark and the Fitzpatrick staff and heaps of people cheer. And um, he also realized Joe had stolen a watch from a clergyman and forced him to return it because he's a fucking angel oh, from heaven. Because in my story, he wouldn't even take that watch. Exactly. Would he? he wasn't into Different stealing watch. from Different the watch. little people. You do not steal from the little people. Like you Who absolutely does have to. this remind us of? Oh, I don't know. It kind of rhymes with clobbin. Snood mm-hmm. and Charlie Hunnam or played Char- him in a movie. He was Robin Hood in a movie. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> Did I make Snood. that up? Was Charlie I Hunnam mean, maybe, in a Robin Hood You know movie? what? I like that he could be. Maybe he just was in one of my he dreams. Is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a sex dream about Charlie Hunnam <laughs> as Robin Hood. Oh, he wasn't Robin Hood. That was someone else. Uh, Chris Hemsworth? No. That was Snow White. Yeah, whatever. Charlie Hunnam's hot. It doesn't matter. Someone hot was Robin Hood. Stop questioning me. (laughs) Stop asking us questions, guys. (laughs) Um, So they – then they just went on this big, like, basically like a pub crawl, like a piss-up through all these hotels. This is why he's Australia's icon. Oh, 100%. So he just went getting fucked up. He was apparently super courteous. They were all super courteous everywhere they went. They just went and hung out and just had some beers. Uh, they took two police horses and a new saddle from the saddlers, but mm. they didn't take anything from residents because they were going to be take these two horses, but all these people were like, they were women's horses. So they didn't take them. Oh, because they're fucking feminist they're outlaws. Feminist icons. We have no choice but to stand, <laughs> ladies. And then one racehorse they really wanted, but it was owned by this guy who was just like, I'm really poor. Like, please don't take my racehorse. Please. He's all I have. Please, and they I were beg like, you. No dramas. That's fine. We don't do that. You can keep it. We don't fuck with we that. We don't fuck with that shit. 
Even we are though for the people. He's a cool horse. Like Ned should have been our equivalent. prime minister in there. I've yeah, said. You've, I've said it. he should be now. Let's he bring him back. Now. Let's bring him. Let's raise his zombie form. It will be way better than Scott Morrison. I'm just gonna say. Not that we get political. No. Uh, that's my one comment that I'm gonna make. Anyway, they also lock up the telegraph operators and Joe took possession of the office and destroyed all the telegrams that had been made that day and cut all the wires. Brilliant brains. Like, yeah. these people are so smart. They were smart. They a just lot thought of, of everything and rode off at 7 p.m. Yeah. Um, so, also, there's a drilledery letter, which, which is my you, favorite thing ever. You've kissed. I've, I want to kiss and I... <laughs> It is so sexual. So Ned actually wrote it way before he got to Geraldery. It's just mm. called the Geraldery right. letter because okay. he, in Geraldery he gave it to this guy who I'll get to to be like, can you give this to a newspaper? They need to publish it. Okay. But it's kind of a bit of a diary of his outlaw life. It's a bit of a justification for his actions and it's a bit of a like hot scoop on the corrupt cops. Mm, like um, this is why we're doing this, guys. Yeah, exactly. It's very passionate and yeah. it's 56 pages long and 7,391 wow. words. Which is wild. Doll, your hand must have been cramping after that. Um, it is fucking confusing as shit. He had zero grammar skills, <laughs> and it's like, have you read um, "On the Road"? Like, yes. Yeah, it's very oh on God. the road. Jack Kerouac, like stream of consciousness yes. vibes of like, uh, there's no punctuation. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. No, nah, he it's got Joe to thoughts. write it for him, but he he was saying it right scribe joe was his scribe right. so i've got a couple of little bits here it's very aussie battler so here's one you're not gonna it's not gonna make any sense but you'll get it i sort of read it and then i was like what and then i sort of processed it and figured it out if so why not send the men that gets big pay and reckoned superior to the common police after me and you shall soon save the country of high salaries to men that is fit for nothing else but getting better men than himself shot and sending orphan children to the industrial school to make prostitutes for the detectives and other evil disposed persons send the high paid men that receive big salaries for years in a gang by themselves after me. Which makes no sense, but he's essentially saying, like, you pay these fuckers so much money yeah. and then they go shoot better people than them. And then, you, meanwhile, you send these poor orphans off and then they become prostitutes for the detectives because they're fucked and, you know, right. whatever. He really fucking hates the cops. So it's basically like, why are you wasting your resources on catching me? Well, he's kind of essentially saying, why are you paying these absolute troll humans yes. a shit ton of money for them to just go out and kill good people? Yes. Yes. So this is this is a more about the cops. I love this bit. I've seen as many as 11 big and ugly enough to lift Mount Macedon <laughs> out of a crab hole. <laughs> Move like the species of a baboon or gorilla than a man actually come into a courthouse and swear they could not arrest one eight stone larrikin. And them armed with battens and netties without some civilian's assistance and some of them going to the hospital for the effects of hits from the fists of the larrikin. And the magistrate could send the poor little larrikin to a dungeon for being a better man than such a parcel uh, of armed curs. Well, I get that because there's a lot of, oh, I've tried to arrest you, took seven men to yes, get Ned off yes, this cop. yes. Um, and at one point he calls the police a parcel of big, ugly, fat-necked, wombat-headed, big-bellied, <laughs> magpie-legged, <laughs> narrow-hipped, splaw-footed sons of Irish bailiffs of English landlords, which is better known as officers of justice or Victorian police who some call honest gentlemen. Wow. Whew, so magpie. I'm going to start calling magpie-legged when people are Wombat-head. Wombat-head. They are cute, but you mm, wouldn't want one as no. a human. Like, it only works if you're a wombat. Exactly. The whole package. And so the whole thing's like madness. 
Like it's complete right. madness it's, like that. It's a rant. It's a rant. But the heart of it inspired Sidney Nolan, who did all those amazing famous paintings yes. with Ned Kelly in his armour. And also Peter Carey, who wrote one of the most famous Ned Kelly books ever. And Peter Carey said, It is an extraordinary document, the passionate voice of a man who is writing to explain his life, save his life, his reputation. And all the time there is this original voice, uneducated but intelligent, funny and then angry, and with a line of Irish invective that would have made Paul Keating envious. His, his such a stale take reference. It's obviously back when Paul <laughs> Keating was like a thing. It's like 20 years ago. Okay, how many fucking so – how many uh, prime anyway, have we had since then? Uh, so Ned gives this to this guy called Edwin Living who's a local bank accountant and says get it published in the newspaper. But in the end because of suppression shit there was only bits that were published. And because of the gerildery robbing, right. the New South Wales government teamed up with several banks and were like, fuck these guys, let's get them. They increased the reward to £4,000. Wow. And then the Victorian government matches it, which makes it £8,000, which seems is like a lot the largest money. for bushranging <laughs> ever. Wow. So for an entire whole year, mm. March 1879 to June 1880, no one hears anything about the gang. Because they were having sex with local ladies. They were ladies. having sex <laughs> with every local lady because everyone loved them. And Another the local sex ladies, interlude. A little sex interlude. Maybe they were having sex with each other. Also love it. Fine. Absolutely really, fine. Really, any sex that happens with humans. Yeah. Not, let's not go into some sort of weird like bestiality situation in the bush. That's not happening. No, they weren't doing that. They're having sex with some form of human consensually and we are 100% here for it. Yeah. Uh, people were off it because the cops were getting, as writer Thomas Aubrey says, quote, receiving but never earning double pay and considerable danger money. Oh, <laughs> so they were just like, oh, we're, we're – Oh, it's so hard for it's us. It's terrible hunting the Kelly gang. It's so hard. Give us time and a half. Give us time and a half. Public holiday rates. I need extra money for the dangerous days that I work. Like sitting on logs, like on smoke. Waiting for them to walk past. Yeah. <laughs> Just eternal smoko. Uh, so, hilariously to me, they were actually just camped in the hills near the Kelly farm at 11 Mile oh Creek. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Great uh, investigative work there by this the police. This to me proves that the police were just on fucking smoko the yeah, whole time. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Ridiculous. Smoko for all our international fans is an Aussie term for basically taking the piss and like having a, a little meal break. Mm. It's just, it, I mean, it really is a meal break. But it mm. has turned into... Because back in the day, everyone smoked cigarettes. Yes. So Smoko was like going outside, but it wasn't like your um, your allotted meal break. It was no. like a dodgy one. And then people started taking the piss. And so when you say Smoko, you mean essentially yes. taking the piss. Uh, so they were actually just discussing plans for the future and what to do about the police. Mm-hmm. And there were rumours that they were going to ship off to California because Ned's sisters susly were talking to some people about how much it would cost if some people just, just say. Hypothetically, if we wanted to get from the middle of country Victoria to the bright lights of LA yeah. <laughs> that didn't exist yet. <laughs> no bright lights, just the like sort of sad, bright dusty earth. lanterns. <laughs> lampposts of LA how much would that cost and if they were just say four four men men in their 20s just you know don't know might rhyme with sped belly <laughs> we don't know stan belly um and smeeve shart <laughs> and bow fern fern <laughs> uh so there was that mm-hmm. uh but what we do know is that they discussed going one by one to Queensland 
because they felt that the northern climate would change their look dramatically, as in they would get burnt to a fucking crisp. Super tan. <laughs> Super tan and hot. <laughs> just hotter than they are now. I'm just going to do a lot of push-ups. Just I'm just going to sunbake. Shred. I'm going to shave the beard off, just have yep. a moustache. Some gains. Just and just beautiful sun-bleached hair on my yep. thighs, like yep. army hammering. Oh, my God. By We're back to the thighs. We're, we've <laughs> never left the thighs. The thighs, this is really just about army hammer's thighs, these, yes. these two episodes. All Aussie army hammer thigh hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then they thought, no, nah, we're going to be too isolated mm-hmm. up there. And because Victoria was so sympathetic to them by this time. Yeah, they had stands down they there. They had stands. They were like, we can't leave our fans. Mm. We just simply cannot leave our fans right <laughs> Our Facebook now. group. Our Facebook group is too large down here <laughs> to leave. We just can't stop. So they thought the best course of action, which I question this a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that they're very smart. But at this point, I'm like. Mm. I feel like sometimes they do smart things and sometimes they do really stupid yes. things. Yes. So they thought the best course of action was to try and resolve their issues with the Victoria and New South Wales state governments. Mm. (laughs) I'm just thinking. Not a great idea. You've killed police officers. Yes. You've robbed two banks. Yes. You've locked up police officers, impersonated police officers. I don't think the government per se are going to be your biggest sympathisers right now. Yeah, I think you've done the smorgasbord of crimes here <laughs> yeah. besides crimes against women. Yes. Thank you for that, because you feminist you're feminist. icons. But otherwise, yeah. you're in a lot of shit. I just don't know how they can improve that wasn't, it. That's the dumbest idea that they've had. I know. This whole two-part episode. I know. It's, it gets dumber from here. Really. Oh, guys. So in 1879, Ned allows this journo to interview him. I'm assuming to try and, you know, repair their image and all of that. But the PR. newspaper. <laughs> yeah. He goes and he becomes his own PR agent. Uh, and the newspaper won't run the story. So that goes to shit. Um, but then all these complications happen. So on the 9th of February, 1880, their outlaw status and their arrest warrants expire. Oh. Um, which there was all this complicated bullshit about Legal court. Crap. Shit, I didn't care. I Who didn't cares? care, Josie. I thought I Cliff's don't care either. Don't top tell line me. info. That's what happened. You don't need to know the whys or the houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made Hart and Byrne technically free men, although the police could then just put another warrant on them again. So, but right. for a brief moment, it was like they're free men. Yeah. But Ned and his brother Dan still had prior warrants outstanding for the attempted murder of Fitzpatrick. Yes, the Fitzpatrick incident. That whole incident. As Wikipedia calls it. Exactly. So they were still fucked. Mm. Uh, Meanwhile, the police are stationed around all of the different Kelly homes, which is why it's hilarious that they did not find them in the bush just near their house. But sure. In the backyard. Like literally, I'm probably like Kate Kate and Ellen were probably just like running food up to them. And the police are just like, oh, they just go into the bush sometimes. They take full roast dinners up into the bushes 10 metres behind the house. They must really like the kangaroos up there. Yeah, they're just like really into wildlife. Yeah. Love wombats. They're just like Bindi Irwin of the 1800s, you know. <laughs> they just like want to feed all the cute animals and, you know. Or maybe they just want to eat their entire roast dinner in peace, you know. That's the serenity vibe. of the trees. I would love the serenity of eating my whole roast <laughs> lamb in the bush, frankly. I would do that anyway. They probably were doing that. And then the police would follow them and they'd just be like sitting there with a fork and knife like, on a log. Oh, I just wanted some peace and quiet. Go away. Um, but anyway, yeah. So they're stationed around all these houses and they were actually using this guy, Aaron Sherritt's house, as a base to monitor Joe Byrne's mum's house in case oh, Joe turned yeah. up. Yeah. Aaron was actually a lifelong friend of Joe's, but he was taking police money in return <gasps> for them camping on his property, but also Fucking providing snake. info on the gang. Well, most Snitch. police suspected he was a double agent. Oh, so they were sort of like either he's telling the truth or 
and he's fucking them over or he's getting info from us and relaying it back to them and just giving us what we, yeah. the little tidbits that'll make us believe he's... Anyway, the point being, we don't know. But Detective Michael Ward was smart and planned to bring the Bushrangers out of hiding by spreading rumours that Aaron's loyalties lay with the police. Right. The gang believed it. Again, fucking guys. They're very, like, they're very um, you know, family and friends is important. Yeah. So that was clever because, of course, they're going to come out. I and know. But also, why are you fucking believing these rumours? Yeah. And, like, it's just that hot-headedness of yes. Ned that we're seeing a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a real strain of hot-headedness from that. Typical man, man but I might just hot. say. Pretty hot. Typical man. Just so, so overreacting. Such an overreacting baby. I love it. Flying off the handle. <laughs> he really is all like, you know, emotionally probo people that I love. Like <laughs> everything about you screams bad boyfriend, but yes. fuck me, you're just attractive. He's the fuck boy of the <laughs> 1880s. No, he's not. He's so respectful to women. He is. But he's also just a broken man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, so they, they made plans to murder him, Aaron, uh, the, a plan they boasted would astonish not only the Australian colonies, but the whole world, which I just don't think it would. It's like when people the world think, cares, you know, when you get point. an anxiety attack and you're like, oh my God, um, like this person is going to email my entire office and say that I said a mean thing mm. once mm-hmm. about. I'm trying to, I don't even know where that was going. Like, I was like, where's that going to go? Basically once I hooked up with this guy <laughs> and for some reason, I think from just anxiety after being drunk, I was like, he's going to comment on Facebook posts that I was the person he hooked up with. And my, st- my sister was like, what? what are you talking about? Like, why would anyone give a shit? Number one, no one would even give a shit if he did that. Number two, why would anyone bother doing that? Yeah. Like, no one cares about you, Melissa. Number three, <laughs> in what world does someone go, you know what I feel like doing, like, is comment. Anyway, the point being, that's, I feel like, what happened here. Yes. They just overshot it yep. by about a million percent and mm-hmm. really catastrophized the yes. situation. So they did this. Joe went and shot Aaron in the neck twice. And then mm. they set off again. Fuck. And they knew that the cops would be after them. Well, so this is just so many murders now. I, they're just racking them up. Yeah. You've got to stop murdering. Also, if you want to be free. smart move making Joe do it. Yes. Because now he's fucking not safe anymore. No. Well, I think Joe would have been like, he's my best friend and he's oh, right. fucked me over and yeah. I'm going to kill him. You know? Out of principle. But like, you know. what an idiot. You could have just strolled down the street as a free man. Now they you fucking killed that. someone. They're all in it together. They're brothers oh, now. God. Sons of fucking anarchy. Ned Kelly style, you know. Charlie Hunnam is in the movie. <laughs> it's always <laughs> the, coming back. The movie they keep referring to is the true history of the Kelly gang, which <laughs> is on Stan. They're not paying for They're this not, podcast. But yet they are getting so much free advertising but right I now. I think it premieres on Boxing Day or New Year's Day or yeah, one of them. One of them. Which and is I already in the past. watching the fuck out of it. Yeah, you would have... Stale reference it. now because you've already seen it it's and you're like, sand. I don't care They've about this story the anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all gone. <laughs> and like maybe it was really bad. It's not. Like, it's the guy that did um what's Animal it? Kingdom. Have you seen it? No. But it's <laughs> got really decided. good reviews. It's oh, the okay. bloke that did oh, Animal Kingdom. I fucking Kingdom. love Animal Kingdom. I think. I might have made that up. Whatever. It's not Snow so Town? irrelevant. One of them. Okay. What? That's such a different... That's like it's an Australian director that did concepts. one of those two movies. <laughs> it's like murders in barrels, or like I think zesty, it's the Snowtown zesty guy. criminal family. Oh, that movie was pretty bleak, though. Um, so they knew the cops would be after them. So they sent a train. That so they knew the cops would be after them, mm-hmm. and so they assumed that they would send a train of police up from Melbourne. 
Yes. Um, to track the gang down. And that that train would have to go through Benalla to collect more police and continue to grill it. Well, I don't think they would know that it was going to collect more police, but they just assumed that this train's going to come up this way. Mm-hmm. It has to go this certain way because that's where the tracks are. Yep. And it will continue to Glen Rowan. And we'll have a bunch of cops on it. Yeah, and yeah, and then the chance that it's going to get filled with cops is huge. So they plan to wreck the train and shoot dead any survivors. That was their like main plan. And then ride to an unpoliced Benalla where they'll rob the banks. Wow, set fire guys. to the courthouse, <laughs> blow up the police barracks, release anyone imprisoned in the jail. Love this energy. Yeah. And, quote, generally play havoc with the entire town, according to Stuart Dawson, before they return to the bush. So what they want to do is they want to go fuck the police, mm-hmm. kill them all. Yeah. Rob some shit and then just fuck the town up and then piss Get off out of with there. their root fingers up in the sky. And go like back to the little bush. PIMP style. Yes. You know? I don't know what you heard about I was me. waiting for it. But you shan't get a shilling out of me. And I'll steal all your shillings too. Something perms I can't be. I'm a motherfucking P-A-M-P. I don't do it as good as you. <laughs> never do it. Um, so they picked part of the line that had a really sharp curve and ran across a deep ravine. Smart. That's smart. And they got some line makers that, like they took some line makers captive who help on the lines to right. help them do it. Uh, and they said that they were going to send the train and its occupants to hell. Oh. Very dramatic. Ned is so dramatic. He's quite theatrical, He's isn't he? very theatrical. Yeah. He likes to make hotter, a speech. He loves a speech. So they go down to Glen Rowan and take over pretty easily. There's no resistance from the locals. They're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. They imprison everyone in Anne Jones's Glen Rowan Inn. Oh. Ominous music plays. <laughs> So by Sunday, Arvo, they've got 62 hostages. They love That's to like take not hostages. a small amount of people. Like if the people wanted to overrun them, they could Easily, could Easily. Uh, no train had come in by the night. And then the gang insisted that drinks be provided to everyone <laughs> and music be played. And they danced with oh, the hostages. I'm picturing like fiddle music yep. suddenly playing. Like I know. Like in Titanic when they're spinning around. Um, the landlady's son sang Bush Ranger ballads, <laughs> including one about them. Like imagine seeing that. That's like a muso going... Play my song. Play yeah. my song. It's like um, Liam Gallagher saying, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and Dan and Joe got really fucked up. Uh-huh. Ned didn't drink because he was being sensible. Um, but he did play hop, step and jump, which I Googled and is literally like triple jump. <laughs> With, oh. with like hostages. <laughs> so he's like, do you know what would be really fun right now, guys, is if we just do a little bit of like athletics. Yeah. Like just for fun. In, in a pub. not sound fun. With no sand. <laughs> uh, and he played card games with the hostages too. So everyone's having a great time. Mm-hmm. At about 10 p.m., Ned and Joe capture Glen Rowan's only constable, Bracken, with the assistance of this other hostage called Thomas Kerno, And he's a local teacher, but he was shifty. Oh, and no, so he Thomas. he wanted to gain their trust and then fuck them over. Mm. So they thought he was a sympathizer. So Ned let him and his wife return home. Fucking Big mistake. Snitch. Huge, as <laughs> Julia Roberts would say. In Pretty Woman. Uh-huh. The train rolls in at 3 a.m. This is way later than Ned was expecting. Yeah. Uh, and Curnot rushed down to stop them by raising a lit candle and a red scarf, which is, again, very dramatic. Very, like, there's Shakespearean. All, there's so many ways to do theater. it, you know? Like, just, just put the candle up, because obviously you don't have flashlights, and just yeah. start screaming. Yeah. Just start screaming. Just waving a fucking red scarf. I just think we could, yeah. There's other ways. Just mm. do a bit of a jig. I don't know. There's a lot of things. It's very extra. It's very extra from Thomas. Uh, He tells the driver of the gang's plan. 
No. And the trains then slowly make their way into Glen Rowan with full knowledge of exactly no. what's waiting on. Thomas, yeah. you fucking cunt. I know, you little he bitch. He ruined everything. So the Kelly gang had armour, as we all know, because yes, we know that the part of the story. Yes, the garbage famous bin. Armor. It's actually like was so progressive for them, but it also weighed 44 kilograms, <laughs> which is so insane. Okay, so Millie, for example, is 10 kilos, right? Yes. When I pick her up, it's like carrying a, a dead weight. Like yeah. I can only carry her for a little bit. She hates it anyway, so she tries to bite me while she's being carried. Mm. Oh, P.S. Got to tell the whole the whole podcast community yeah. the wildest story, which is that Vill- Mill- Millie's, Millie's new vet <laughs> – Yes. <laughs> is a friend of the podcast, which is wild because we didn't even know. Hi, shout out to Caitlin. So we, we like went to this new vet because when she was teeny, 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 we took her there for like um, like puppy school. Yes. And uh, it was recommended by our puppy school people who my parents are obsessed with. Shout mm-hmm. out to Bondi Behavioralist if anyone needs puppy training. <laughs> they're sponsoring this episode Dad of the podcast. Dad is literally like, they're, they're basically, it's Jesus to them. It's like dog Jesus. So anyway, um loved it and then so we weren't happy with our vet so we started taking her there and Mm -hmm. it was the first time she's had tummy troubles she's fine everyone she's just a bit sensitive in the tummy aren't we all aren't we all and then so we walk in and um it's me dad my sister and millie i love the whole three of you it's very the dog millie is the baby (laughs) it's the baby of the family and it's like (laughs) fuck something's wrong everybody assemble it's like can't just one person was your mum at home crying into a handkerchief theatrically at this point probably (laughs) anyway to the fireplace even though it's summer just weeping with her hands resting on her forehead um anyway and so basically um Caitlin's there treating Millie. She's really lovely, very professional, no sign of any knowledge of anything. (laughs) Um, Anyway, all finishes. We go home and we're in the car and we're like, God, she was a good vet. That was, this is the best decision ever to go to this vet instead of the other shit one. And then I go on the group and there's this picture of a cockatoo and I'm reading and it says, this is the demon bird that I, that I took care of after um, taking care of Millie bec- because I didn't have the guts to say to Mel that I binged the podcast in a month. And I was like, oh, my God. So, anyway, that's wild. That's such a zesty aside. And my evil plot is to just spring Leroy yes, on her. Yes, we're Me, all going to go to Caitlin now. and Leroy just, just to really everyone. freak the her baby. out. The baby. Maybe the baby can be treated by a vet. I'm sure Caitlin <laughs> would be fine. She'll it's The same principle, right? What's anatomy? Save it's their the life. That's save it. Save their life and don't kill them. That's it. In the process That's of medicine, saving their life. Whether it's veterinary or human. We could do it. As <laughs> I said to Josie today, I wanted the baby to come no. and then I would mid- no. midwifery it out. It is midwifery, right? Yeah. It Julian is midwifery. Said mid- Julian says midwifery. Midwifery. And I'm like, no, it's midwifery. Yeah. It's like another E-R-Y. thing. Wait, your mum's a midwife. Get with the program. Yeah. No. Jesus. Anyway, He's I want to midwifery it out, but no, she won't let me. It's rude. Obviously, I'm super trustworthy and won't just be screaming in its face and give it trauma you for the whole time. You told me that you're bad in a crisis. I am so bad in a crisis, <laughs> and yet I want to do this. Also, we're five minutes from oh the hospital. Oh, my God. And we're five million minutes over. That's what I thought you were about to say. We're like 5,000 miles away from what we're talking about. Yes. Sorry, everyone that hates the zestier sides. I hope you fast-forwarded that because we're coming back into we're back. it hot. Ned, Kelly. Ned, Kelly. And so the Kelly gang. Here comes the, here comes the train. 
Mm. And so they've made this armor. It weighs 44 kilos. Heavy. They had it in this other pub with their horses. Uh, so just quickly on the armor, it was made from plow mold boards. That's literally like plows for the earth. Like right. I missed a plow. Is that, what they were, my name. <laughs> is that what they were doing in the bush while they were like yes. not being yes. caught? Yes. They, were, they either got donated by sympathizers or stolen from farms. And they heated them and beat them into shape over months. Most Love likely it. with the assistance of blacksmiths. And their sexy girlfriends that they and were all sleeping with for a year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the inspo either came from performers wearing Chinese armor during a carnival procession that was happened through the streets of Beechworth in 1873, which what they were there for, mm-hmm. or Ned's favorite book, Lorna Dune, which is about <laughs> a family of outlaws, and in one part ah. describes them on horseback wearing iron plates on breast and head. I reckon that's it. Yeah, that seems more realistic. The unanimous thing is that Ned, it was Ned's idea. Yeah. So I reckon that's what it was. His favourite book. Yeah. The iron was a quarter of an inch thick. Jesus I know. Christ. Imagine how hot it would be no in there. No wonder it was so heavy. I was trying to work out, I was trying to find like someone talking about how hot it would be in there and I couldn't in my two seconds of searching mm. for it. <laughs> but I'm sure it's out there, but it would have been fucking boiling. Yes. Um. Anyway, so Joe then sees the train coming in and he's like, fuck me, dead. Yeah. So, <laughs> does not say that, but... <laughs> I imagine maybe he would quote. say that. <laughs> quote. Fuck me, dead. End quote. Uh, so he goes and tells the gang, the train's coming. They rush to pop their armor on. They go back to Glen Rowan Inn to wait for the train. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they think the train's coming in with like, you know, little to no police on it because they've had this horrible accident. You know yes. What I mean? So the, I think what they were imagining was that either the whole train would just go. Yeah. Or that. Like, as it comes around, the front bit would be fine, but the whole back bit would go. Yeah, and kill so everyone. like a mini train was coming. Yeah. With like three policemen. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what was happening. Guys. Uh, so, police and they had a whole bunch of Indigenous trackers with them as well approached. And the Kelly gang are waiting on the veranda. Boss move. Just mm. sitting out there with their fucking rifles in their and suits. And their huge armor. Yes. The police Swel- and the gang sweltering. fired at each other for about a quarter of an hour. Now, I think at this point the police couldn't really see what was happening. So, because there's a bit coming up and it wouldn't make sense if they could see well, what was, was going on. Well, it was very dark. Yes. And that was before electricity, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I, I think, and that's, I imagine they were like hiding and shooting and just shooting yeah. at Shooting whatever. blindly. Shooting at people shooting at them but not being able to see what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Because they're pretty shit shots otherwise. Um, so, by this time they've retreated into the hotel Police and trackers and civilian volunteers, assholes, surrounded Fucking the hotel. <laughs> I hate these losers. I know. Nerds. Don't be a loser. Be a sympathizer. Don't be it's a nerd. Cooler. Don't help the police. Ugh, what, a, what a poxy thing to do. Fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> they um, surround the hotel. Firing continues. At around 5 a.m., nine reinforcements arrive from Benalla, followed soon by six more. So there's 30 men now. Oh, it's getting no. bad. 30 against four. Yeah. So Ned escapes. He's been hit in the leg and he escapes out, but he's not being a cunt, as you mm. might think, because mm-hmm. I'll get to that in a sec. But apparently around this stage, Joe's making a toast while drinking whiskey at the bar, saying, many more years in the bush for the Kelly gang. And moments later, a stray bullet passes through a small gap in his armor and mm. severs his femoral artery oh, and bleeds dog. out within minutes. What? That's, That's the one poetic. in the leg. What's the word? P- poetic, like justice? No. Timing? 
ironic. Maybe poetic timing or something. I don't know, but, but it's I just mean, fucked. But I mean, don't stop in the middle of a gunfight to I know. toast ironically so about. I just not. Many, don't jinx yourself. Don't jinx yourself. You should exactly. have said touch wood. Yes. We've got many more years to come. And maybe have your little drink while lying on the floor. Just whisper it. Don't yell it to everyone because now you've got yeah. egg on your face or I egg know. on your arm. It's armor. embarrassing. It's embarrassing Bloody for hell. So that's how straight, he dies. Straight into the femoral artery. Ugh. Uh, I'm just imagining this person like lying on the floor with a whiskey, just like, oh, um, many more years to kill your gang. And then just having a little sip. Woo-hoo. And then, like, <laughs> and then surviving. Yeah. See, he would have if he'd he done would've. that. So at dawn, so mm. Ned's out right now. Dan and Steve still inside. Yep. Ned at dawn, dressed in his armor. With yep. three handguns. What fucking oh. baller bitch shit is this? He's only got two hands. I don't know where it is. Guns. I don't know where it is and I don't care. It's in his mouth. His dick's holding <laughs> it. I don't really give a shit. It was just there, you know. Uh, rises out of the bush oh. and attacks the police from behind. So he snuck all the way around. He snuck around oh. and he was like, I'm going to like ambush them. Several members of the police line return fire, but Kelly just moves steadily through the morning mist toward the hotel, oh. his armor repelling bullets everywhere. Just imagine that view. Yes. Well, I can tell you what the people thought because they'd never seen this. They had no idea. So they'd heard rumors that they'd made armor, armor. but they were like, no, that's <laughs> not possible. So they had no idea what was coming towards them. They didn't even think it was Ned Kelly. Right. So they actually thought it was inhuman. <laughs> So one civilian volunteer cries out, it's the devil, legit, says this. Constable Arthur, who was the closest to it, thought he was a, quote, huge black fellow wrapped in a blanket. Why? Specific why and also he, racist. Specific, specific <laughs> racist and also illogical. Like, yeah. why is why would he be coming towards you in the mist covered in a blanket? Like, what's happening? He's, like, lying in the bushes, like, that's his house. Yeah, and he's like, can sleeping. you guys stop shooting like, me? Can you just can you keep shut the it down? Up? I'm trying to sleep it's here. It's four in the morning. Got my blanket. I'm having a great time. I was all settled in for a kip. Mm-hmm. And you've ruined everything. And now I've got to be up at six. <laughs> the kids the kids are up at six. and <laughs> They what, don't honestly, let me sleep in. They don't. <laughs> they don't let me sleep in. This was my one time. <laughs> and now I'm going to be tired all day. And do you know how that is it's when you're a parent? Fault. There's no such know. thing as coffee yet, is there? Yes, no. there is. Yes. But I don't think he's got coffee. <laughs> I don't think he's grabbing a flat white I don't think he's from grabbing the cafe. <laughs> cafe. The Glenrowan Cafe, which has great scones, by the way, been there. Oh, I love a don't scone. Don't think that they're open yet. It didn't open, Not even though all the years. Kelly gang look like baristas with yeah. those beards. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, he comes someone, out. Someone else terrified. said. Yeah, someone else said, he's a madman. Uh, and then... Someone else, Sergeant Kelly, goes, look out, boys. He is the bunyip. Ah. So they thought he was a bunyip, which, you know what, fair, yeah. to be honest. Um, and then a journo, Tom Carrington, who I think was there, weirdly, uh, said, with the steam rising from the ground, it looked for all the world like the ghost of Hamlet's father with no head or a very long, thick neck. It was the most extraordinary sight I ever saw or read of in my life. I felt fairly spellbound with wonder and I could not stir or speak. Guys, calm down. You've really gone to like weird imaginary <sighs> places just, with this. The fantasy of this. <laughs> anyway, so Sergeant Steele, who's one of the cop leaders, mm-hmm. he realises that the figure's legs are unprotected. Oh, no. Yeah. So he sh- shoots at them twice with his shotgun, tearing apart Kelly's hip and thigh. 
Mm-hmm. So Kelly staggers, collapses against a fallen tree and moans, I'm done, I'm done. No, you're not done. You're not done. Keep going. Oh. Well, he does actually. So Steele goes in to disarm him. He still doesn't know it's Ned yet. Mm-hmm. He still thinks it's a... He still thinks it's a bunyip. Indigenous bunyip <laughs> devil man. Devil man. Holding three guns. And Ned just like fires at him again and <laughs> blows his hat off and burns the side of his face, which I think is just so great. Like he just goes in to take the gun and is like, bang. <laughs> and he's like, fuck, now that's going to be scarring. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, uh, people then remove the armor and everyone's like shocked that it's Ned. They're like, holy shit. We thought it was a bunyip. We thought we'll- here it is, the most logical answer. Yes. <laughs> it's the man that we came to capture. Exactly. But what <laughs> wow, guys. How did he get behind us? How did he How? How did that even happen? <laughs> so in the end, he'd been shot in the left foot, the left leg, the right hand, the left arm, and twice in the groin. Oh. But no bullet had ever penetrated the armor. But this is all just spots that had gaps. Yep. So he's carried to the railway station, taken to the station master's office, and a doctor dresses his wounds. So Dan Kelly and Steve Hart, meanwhile, are still in the pub, <laughs> still going. They've still got a few hostages. So they release the hostages after a bit of a like deal with the police. And then there's a whole bunch of kerfuffle, but eventually the police set the whole hotel on fire. And when they discover the bodies, I know, it's just like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just blast them out of there. Oh, my God. Um, but they obviously don't come out because they are nothing if not resilient to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, in When the fire, whole hotel is burnt to a crisp. Oh, no. Like, Anne's probably like, guys. She's like, for fuck's sake. Like, I let you come in I here. I don't have insurance. Hold up my pub. <laughs> Put her and dance on the tables. Do fucking yeah. triple jump on the floor. You've scuffed, Play your fiddle music. You've scuffed up all my nice, you know, ash wood flooring. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. gonna. It's gonna take a long time and a lot of money to to, yeah. to you know blend those scuff marks out. And now now everything's gone. everything's gone to shit because you got the police to burn it down. You should have just given up. <sighs> That's annoying. I'd be annoyed if I was her. I'd be very pissed off. Also, I- now that hotel's not there for us to go and. Well, no, it's not. But there's still bits of it. So, meanwhile, they discover the bodies of Dan and Steve. Um, Mm. They decided that they'd killed themselves. But in what is one of the very tentative mysteries that we have here in this not very mysterious story. Yes, guys, were you wondering where the mystery was? Because there was zero in my story. (laughs) Here it comes. Here's one of two mysteries that we have used. We've hinged this whole story on. Yeah. We don't know whether they died in a suicide pact or by other means. It remains a mystery. Okay. Do we care? Not particularly. But you like to think they went out on their own terms yes. rather than just... But we don't know if they just got shot because they were yeah. <laughs> very burned in the end, you know, obviously. Yeah. So sadly, a few hostages did die in all of that, mainly no. in police crossfire, including John Jones, the 13-year-old son of the landlady that was singing. Hate that. He died. I know. I don't like that. The civilian death toll was four. All that remained of the hotel was a lamppost and a signboard, and I'm pretty sure they are still there, mm-hmm. or they've put up like a sign, fake sign to be like, this is where it was. Like a fake now plastic sign that Something. looks like wood. There's a sign there, and I can't remember if it was like legit or not, you know? Uh, Joe's body was then strung up in Benalla for people to view, and you would have maybe seen the photo of his body, and it's just like hanging. It's very disturbing. Disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. People love to do that, though, back then. I mean, like, bloody pajama girl, remember? Yes. It's like going and looking at dead bodies for no reason. What should we do today? Mm, Let's go look at Joe Burns' dead body hanging in Benalla. Yeah, sounds good. Remember that everyone's most people are sympathisers, so it's like that's even more gross. So it's more to like make a point, yeah? Yes, very much. Look what happens when you're a fucking Kelly gang person or sympathiser. It's very gross. We'll burn you and hang you up. 
Um, the remains of Dan and Steve were taken to Greta and buried by their families in unmarked graves in the local cemetery. Mm. Meanwhile, Ned stood trial, as we all know, on the 19th of October, 1880 in Melbourne before Sir Redmond Barry, who was the same judge who'd sentenced his mom, Ellen, to three years in prison mm-hmm. for the attempted murder of Fitzpatrick. It all comes back to the Fitzpatrick. Drunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was convicted of the willful murder of Lonigan and sentenced to death by hanging. After handing down the sentence, Barry concluded with the customary words, may God have mercy on your soul, and to which Kelly replied, I'll go a little further than that and say I will see you there where I go. Oh. Bitch. He didn't add bitch. And then he I, dropped the he microphone. He, he spiritually added bitch. Yeah, know? and spiritually dropped kissed yeah. his finger and dropped the microphone, yeah. like the Barack Obama gift. Yeah, exactly. So in the week leading up to the execution, thousands, there was street rallies and thousands turn out for them. Right. He had a lot of fans. Folk hero. They wanted reprieve for him. And Let on the him 8th go. Of, and on the 8th of November, a petition for clemency with over 32,000 signatures was presented to the governor's private secretary. the whole fucking population of Australia? That's Pretty a lot much. of people. I know. People did not want him to get killed. But the executive council was like, nah, it's happening anyway. So he got to see his family one last time before he died. And his mother's last words to him were apparently, mind you die like a Kelly. Oh. They're so like, mm. They're like stoic and like. Yes. Very like Irish, mm. resilient, strong people. So accounts actually differ of his last words. So obviously we've heard of such his life. And, yeah. and bazillion Australians have that tattooed on them mm-hmm. somewhere on their body. Um, but there's actually contention of whether that was his last word. Another mystery. Another, see that? That's two mysteries you've had yeah, now. Bam. Thought there wouldn't be any mysteries in the Kelly gang? You thought Think wrong. again, guys. Think again. So some newspapers reported it as such as life. The Argus wrote that his last words were, ah, well, I suppose it's come to this. Mm-hmm. I've heard that as well. Yes. Um, other accounts reckon he said nothing. Not You at would, all. probably wouldn't get that one tattooed on you. No. It's pretty. <laughs> suppose it's come to this. Beige, isn't it? Cross your chest. <laughs> suppose it's come to this. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in March 1881, a royal commission into the police conduct mm. in Victoria began. Love that. This is after he died. And it ended with numerous people being demoted and suspended and reprimanded. Like drunk Fitzpatrick? Is that when that happened? Uh, yeah, it probably was actually. And it's really nice kind of because Ned had hoped that his death would lead to an investigation into police conduct. And it did. Yes. And while the report, it never exonerated him in the Kelly gang. So they weren't like, no, it doesn't mean it's okay. (laughs) You you still can't kill people. It's not cool. Um, You know, it did happen. And that's kind of nice for him, I suppose. The findings were said to strip the authorities, quote, of what scanty rags of reputation the Kellys had left them. Mm. So by this point, it's like, Fuck yous all. Even though we all died, mm. you guys are the scum of the Australian we, earth We, like, died for a reason. We died for a reason to make you guys feel shit. Um, and everyone else think that you are shit. Yeah. No one likes you. Now, now everyone you have knows. you eat your lunch alone in the schoolyard because no one likes you. <laughs> all of you cops. All of the cops. Uh, so no records were ever kept back then of just... Dis- Disposal of remains when people are executed. Mm-hmm. So he was actually just buried in the old men's yard, quote, just inside the walls of the old Melbourne jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a newspaper reported that his body was dissected by medical students who removed his head and organs for study. 
um, which is actually was illegal back then outside of a coronial inquiry. So there was all this outrage about that. They're like, fuck, you can't just do this. Like, just this take fair. someone's head. You can't just take people's shit out of their bodies. Um, but they were like, no, 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 it, it never happened. Um, but then in 2011, they actually looked into it and they confirmed that it had been done based off like something to do with a bone. Mm-hmm. They could see they'd have been sawed or something. Right. So, and his head's missing. So they were lying. Well, yeah. He's, oh my God. You're just. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's Cut fine. Cut just a out. nice. No, I like it. Let's leave it in. A nice anticlimax. Yes, his head is missing. This is the third mystery. But, third mystery. Well, re- I felt returning. like you were gearing up for that. I am, but I still had a lot to say. <laughs> just cut it out. No, I want to leave it. It's funny. Isn't it our style to just ruin the story yes. in the middle of it? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. It is a beautiful moment. Um, Sorry. No, I love it. So in 1929, the jail was closed for demolition and bodies in the graveyard were uncovered during this and weird again we've had this before spectators and workers stole skeletal parts and oh. skulls from a number of graves including one marked with an arrow and the initials ek <gasps> which they believed belonged to edward ned, kelly edward ned kelly yes um also reminds me a lot of um the gatton murders where people just like hung around the site just looking like, at shit oh, Dead bodies dope. here, just going to hang out. Why the fuck would you steal a skull and some skeleton? take a femur, I think, just for my mantelpiece. Like just feel oh, like nice. in that, You know that spot, just <laughs> that shelf just above the fireplace? I reckon a femur would look great there. Doll, you grab it for me. <laughs> we pick it up, Harry. <laughs> Harry, it's heavy. It's got a bit of blood on it. I don't want to touch it with my gloves on. <laughs> Fanning herself? Yeah. <laughs> It's very hard to bend over in this corset, yes, okay, Harry? Parasol. You do nothing for me. Nothing. Just, just pick up the all femur. You can, if you can just pick up the femur, okay? So that's all you can give to me in this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, fuck. Okay. So then this guy, this site foreman, Harry Franklin, says he retrieves the skull mm. from that grave, gives it to the police, and then he had the bodies reburied, reburied in Pentridge Prison. And the skull from the EK grave that was taken, it got taken to Canberra for research in 1934. And then it was lost. And then oh it was found God. when they were cleaning out an old safe in 1952. We love that. We well, love when people just always. lose the summer to man's suitcase, Ned Important. Kelly's head. Pieces of history. Of just Harold Holt, the Prime <laughs> Minister, just gone. Just gone. Just misplaced. Just, whoops, we lost him. <laughs> then in 1971, they gave it to the National Trust. In 1972, it was put on display in the old Melbourne jail, then was stolen on the 12th of December 1978, recovered again. (laughs) But in 2010, the Victorian Institute of Forensic Medicine did some stuff. It was like DNA and all these other things and I was bored and I didn't want to write it down. On the skull, conclude it's not Kelly's. So it's some other random. So it was a random dead person's skull. It could have been anyone. Anyone. With those initials. There was actually another person they thought it was. It was the most boring part. Of research, I was just like, no one cares. No like one that cares. Big, um, you know the rainbow meme where it's like SpongeBob. Oh like, yeah, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> just tell, just tell me what is it, Kelly or is it not? That's all I care yeah. about. I don't give a shit about this other guy who was also maybe a murderer. Like no one, I don't. You know what? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Kablamo. Ezekiel Kablamo. He actually sounds cool. I don't care. <laughs> I would really I would care more than Ned Kelly about yeah. what who is this? Let's do that for our premiere episode next season. Ezekiel Kablamo. <laughs> Real is, or 
made up by us. That's the mystery. <laughs> That's the mystery. That's what we'll get to with this podcast. We'll run out of mysteries so we'll just make, make up bullshit. Up. Make up and then names. at the end we'll be like, and guess what? It's not real. No one can sue us for defo because they don't exist. <laughs> um, so 20th of January, 2013. This is nice. Kelly's relatives were granted his final wish and were got to bury his skeletal remains in consecrated ground at Greta Cemetery near his mother's unmarked grave. Oh, that's nice. Really nice. And a, a little piece of his skull did exist and that was buried there. Mm. Um, and then they actually surrounded it by concrete so looters couldn't get in there because, you know, people are a bit crazy. Oh, yeah. The full skull, though, has never been found. So there's just like a body with a small chip of head. Yeah. yeah. That's the, so the weird. The rest of his skeleton's there, but yeah, the skull, no. Um, weird. And so in January 2002, all four of the suits were displayed together for an exhibition in the old Melbourne jail. And wow. Ned's is now at the State Library in Victoria if you want to go see it, which I very much do. Me too. Let's go now. Let's go right now. <laughs> Get in the car. Um, the green sash that you mentioned that yes. you said was going to come up again, he did wear it for the final showdown, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cute and very human of him. Yes. Um, and it's in the Benalla Museum, which I've been to, and I highly recommend you go if you're a bit of a Ned Kelly fan like me. They have heaps of shit. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. They have heaps of shit. But that is particularly wild because it's blood-stained. Yes. So his blood is on that, and you can just see it in a box. It's crazy. I want to see it. Yeah. Well, we're going to go see it. Yes, with the baby. With the baby. Uh, the jewelry letter is on display at the State Library of Victoria. Wow, have they have everything it. there. Well, yeah, it was Victorian. They, get to, they got, get to keep everything. They've got all the cool shit. Who's in New, New South Wales for like two seconds of life? Yeah, really. we don't have anything cool here. Nah. They had all the good bush rangers down there. Mm. And the Harold waters. Holt. Something in the, in the water. Literally though. in the waters. But um, you can also, when I went to the State Library of New South Wales, you can like look at some form of drilledery letter from something. I don't know. I did have a look at it. They're just like, oh, we want in on this Ned Kelly yeah. fun. Let's put this vaguely related artifact here. Yes, exactly. And in Glen Rowan, you can go to the exact spot where Ned was caught. There's a monument there. So oh, cool. there was a tree. I don't think it's there anymore. Um, and obviously the whole pub's burned down, but there's a sign and there's signs everywhere. So, this, you know, the, how I said that Joe took a saddle from the saddlery, yes. there's a sign there. Yeah. The pub, the the pub that they, um, in Gerildery, sorry, as well, the pub yep. there. All the stuff. pub crawl Just wherever you want to go, you can go see shit. And you can get scones. Yes. I really They're like delicious. bakeries. So we have to go there. We will. But uh, that's it for Ned Kelly. So fascinating. What a time. And guys, again, end of season. We've, um, I don't even know cry. what month this is going to be when this Who comes knows, out. But end of got, season. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> we've got live shows to put up. So my kid could be one year old by the time we put this up. But I'm not going to cry. No. I'm just going to say it's been really fun. Again. Again, we've enjoyed it. Thanks for coming to the live shows. Thanks for not coming, <laughs> fucking assholes. If you didn't come, if you live in Sydney, Melbourne, you have no excuse. You don't. Thank you for buying. If you live merch. in Texas, you do have an excuse. You do. Thanks for buying merch. Um, Thanks for supporting us. Really, if I'm going to get really weird and emotional about it, it's like 
we just do this and we're shocked that you guys listen. <laughs> I would not listen. Like listening to us talking about Ned Kelly, I'm like, I would not listen to this I know. <laughs> if I wasn't in it. But, you know, we love doing it and then we love all of you guys and it's just such a – you're such lovely fans, as my dad continually says after mm-hmm. live shows. He's like, your fans are just so lovely, Mel. Like you've got such a lovely community. Yeah, we love the We've group. accidentally made a cult, but I love it so much and I just, you know – um, we really appreciate everything from your little messages on Instagram to like your posts and Facebook chatting to you guys in there. Yeah. Um, to all the little weird gifts you guys gave us. Um, did have the jam. Mm. Who gave us the jam? And the cookies. Mm, so good. Who <sighs> gave us those? Oh, fuck, I've forgotten her name. Anyway, we loved them. And yeah, to just um, thanks so much, guys. Uh, we should be back with season four soonish. We're just going to let Josie pop out a baby. Yeah, and like <laughs> deal with the great mystery that is parenting yeah. for a bit. That'll be my mystery for yep. a while. Um, but for season three, that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.